0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Bob Demena here, and with me as always is the zappy Elliot Shibley. Elliot, get into uh, what we got going on behind the scenes. What, what does zappy even mean? I pulled up the definition because I knew you were probably going to ask, and honestly I had no idea. It means energe- energetic, lively, or fast-moving. All right, I'll take that as a compliment. you know what? I hope that there's someone who might need to take the SATs. If they just
1: listen to our show, they're going to learn so many new words. It's like a word a week, a new word a week.
0: It is. It is. It's like we did it on purpose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we really appreciate your feedback. And to show our appreciation, uh, I would like to read one of our reviews from Stellar Sabatina. Stellar Sabatina. They said as an avid wannabe traveler, I was stoked to learn about this podcast. What could be better than hearing real people talk about life changing adventures? Bob and Elliot do not disappoint. They ask guests the questions I want answers to and they do it in a way that makes me want to keep listening. This is not just a how to or a captivating narrative about world travelers. The traveler's blueprint is a conversation at its best. Wow! Thank you, Stellar Sabatina. That was that is yeah. That's a rave review.
0: An incredible compliment. Thank you so much.
1: Take a a minute, maybe less than that, to join our Travelers Blueprint community group on Facebook. Rate us, review us, wherever you can. That'd be great. And now Bob is going to introduce our next guest.
0: Okay, so today's guest is a good friend of mine. And she's a very inspiring traveler. She's been to Italy more times than I think even she can count at this point in her life. And today she provided us with some really good information on travel planning, including how she books flights, how she researches restaurants, and just general tips and tricks on what to do and what to avoid in Italy. So I hope you guys enjoy this, this podcast. And here with us today is Mariana Ladone. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. So, Mariana, thank you for coming on the show. We're looking forward to discussing your travel experiences around the world, and I think Elliot and I are, are our interest was piqued by uh, <laughs> your location independence. Very much so.
2: Ah, uh, yes, yes. To a certain point, definitely. I am. I'm pretty. I have that freedom for sure.
0: Well, do you want to start by giving us a brief history and some of the, the the locations that you've been to, and maybe yeah. maybe some backstory on some of your experiences there?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, my first trip, my first time ever using my passport, I was six months old. Um, my dad's family is all still in Italy, and when he married my mom, he promised them that even though he was going to live in the states, that he would bring us to Italy as often as possible to visit family and to just get to know the culture and see where he grew up and all that stuff. So um, almost every other year, sometimes every year, every summer, we would go to Italy as a family. Um, And including like that, we would spend maybe 10 days with family and then do like a side trip. So like we would go to Florence for a few days, we would go to the Amalfi Coast for a few days, or we'd go to London for a few days. Um, and that all, I mean, for my whole life, that's what we did. We like, you know how some families, they go to Disney every year. We went to Italy every year. I didn't go to Disney until my high school, my senior trip in high school. (laughs) I mean, it was amazing. I love Disney and I definitely want to go back. Um, but I, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to go to Italy so often. And I was able to see how my dad grew up. He grew up very poor so it was really humbling to see how far he came. And, um, you know, my parents sacrificed a lot, too, to, for us to travel that far and that often. So it taught me a lot about the importance of travel. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to do that for my kids, too.
1: Can you even recall how many times you've actually been?
2: in rome i want to say like 21 times like i'm like at, i'm like up in the 20 like 20 ish wow. is that like general because i'm 28 right i'm 28 yeah so it kind of like and then i went one year with high school and then like we went like with, there were years where we went like t- two times in one year like just for like weird things so um yeah
1: so I, i'm curious i wonder if that's equates to maybe like a year and a half to two years of actually being in Italy
2: yeah oh yeah I mean I when I lived there I lived there from like the middle of January 2011 to the end of May 2011 so that's like five months right there pretty much so for sure yeah
0: (laughs) real real quick favorite part of Italy favorite city favorite city
2: oh that's so hard um
1: if you had to go tomorrow Rome Rome
0: Nice. Elliot, you were there not too long
1: ago. I was there in March. Yeah. I was actually there over Easter.
2: Oh, wow, cool. Yeah.
1: Did not yeah, see the probably...
2: Pope. Yeah. <laughs> he probably was just too busy, you know, yeah. being a Pope and everything, yeah, but popin', uh
1: Poping around.
2: Poping around.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say at this point you have the traveling, the actual logistics of traveling down pretty well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can do you
0: want to I, take us through that process a little bit? Do you want, to, you want to butt in, Elliot? Do you have something?
1: I was just going to ask. There's been a theme on the show where several of our guests are either fly by the seat of their pants or they are mm-hmm. planners.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: Which category do you fall into? I'm a planner. All right.
2: I, planner. There we go. Yeah, Me too. A, <laughs> I can't like – I'm a planner – I'm a planner like 95% of the time with like what we're doing and where we're going and like our itineraries and stuff. But that 5%, I don't really plan like our budget. <laughs> that <well>. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be a question for later, but um, for the most part, like I, I really do like I do all my research, especially for my restaurants. Like I do not want to have a bad meal wherever I go. And I know that there are instances where like, uh, things may run, o- run over and like we're late and we can't get a- find a good place, you know, for another hour and we have to get like a kebab somewhere. And that's, you know, stuff like that happens, but I love to know like where I'm going to eat and, um you know, what we're going to do and all that stuff. Yeah, I definitely I- am a planner.
0: I'm completely on board with the restaurants specifically too, because you're there and half of it is you want to eat the-, the local food. Yes. And the last thing you want to do is just randomly pick a restaurant that may not have local cuisine or, you know, or or just wouldn't be a great meal. It's Mm -hmm. so important to know know where you're going to eat beforehand. Elliot and I are planning a trip now, and he's already learning. I'm screenshotting meals and sending it to him.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Peru. Oh,
2: yeah. I had an opportunity to go to Peru on a mission trip a couple years back. And I said no because I thought it was going to be up for like a promotion when I worked at TD Bank. The promotion mm-hmm. didn't happen. Peru didn't happen, and I've been kicking myself ever since. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys.
1: Yeah, we're we're pretty pumped. Mm. Yeah, that'll be our that'll be my first time in South America.
2: That's so cool. Same. That's so cool. All
0: right, so let's let's start at the very basics. Your your flight. Do you do anything specific when you're booking your flights?
2: Um, I go on Skyscanner. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, I'm sure. Um, I use Skyscanner just to get a general idea of, like, the availability of flights out of Newark, out of JFK, out of Philadelphia. I usually find the best deals out of JFK, and although the drive up there, like, from down here in South Jersey is not ideal, I have family up there that I can leave my car with or I can stay with if our flight gets in really late, so... Um, I don't have to pay for parking, I, you know, that sort of thing. But I go, I go on Skyscanner and I look at deals that way. I usually do wind up booking through the actual airline though. I'm like, I don't know. I've never booked through Skyscanner before, but the prices are usually around the same. It's just an easier way of me seeing like everything that's available for those dates for that, or I like, I'll check for the month. Like I'll look and see when it's cheapest to go. Like if a Thursday is cheaper than a Saturday it's not a big deal to me. I'll go on a Thursday.
1: That's what I've found when if you don't have a specific date that you have to be there, that if you have flexibility with like the actual arrival and departure dates that you can find much cheaper flights like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday mm-hmm. and returning on like a Monday. It's so much easier.
0: Elliot and I, are we're, our trip is Tuesday to t- Tuesday. So I, I'm familiar with Skyscanner. I've never actually used it myself. So I'm, I really don't know all you know all it's capable of mm-hmm. i like google google uh flights and then yeah. i go to the price graph and then i just scroll along the price graph and you can see the trends in flight patterns and things like that hmm. but i haven't gotten into skyscanner yet I, I might have to look into that for future trips
2: yeah definitely it's it's very user friendly um and i started using that when i was studying abroad when we were just look we would look up like the just be like, all right, it's going to cost 30 bucks to go to Barcelona. Let's go. So that's how I kind of started using Skyscanner.
1: Yeah. That's, that's really nice when you have, I mean, being in Rome, it's, it's fairly central. And I wouldn't say central to Europe, but you still are really close to a lot of major cities. And mm-hmm. if you don't care where you're going, that's the best thing is just to find a cheap flight to any city. Yeah.
2: That was like my favorite thing about living there.
0: Yeah. Um, So, can we jump back to restaurants?
2: Sure. Ah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Bob, you're always thinking about food.
0: Well, there was was something that I forgot to say when we were talking about restaurants and it just came back to me. And I'm just curious about your method about, you know, how you, you know, shift through all the different restaurants that are available in all these different cities. I like to use TripAdvisor. I don't know if that's something you use. Incredibly useful. So, yeah. How do you do it?
2: So for restaurants, definitely TripAdvisor. Um, If I'm in, let's, for example, like I'm in Italy. I'm trying to find a place for dinner. If my first place is closed, because sometimes TripAdvisor and Google, the hours don't match up and we'll walk to a restaurant and it's closed. And it's Italy. That's how half of of everything is closed anyway. And they don't tell you. But um, so, but definitely TripAdvisor. And I like to look at the reviews that are in, the country's native language. Not that I might understand exactly what they're saying, but if an Italian is saying good things about this Italian restaurant, then it's probably pretty good. If you know they're saying something about it, and I can kind of tell that they don't really understand, like that chicken parm is not Italian, like that. You know what I mean? Like,
0: but that's if, a good I, idea.
2: Yeah. So trip, even if you can't understand, you can at least see what they rated it, whether right. it's like five stars or not. So TripAdvisor. For sure. I I definitely used a lot. And also um, Google, like I would, um, wherever we were, like whatever hotel we were at, I would just plug it in and hit restaurants nearby. And the ratings would come up right there. And I could corroborate it with TripAdvisor, too. Just Mm -hmm. so, you know, I kind of check more than one, because I I don't know. I'm like a freak about my food. So, (laughs) and sometimes I'll even go on Instagram and see like the location and see if people like are posting things about it, that sort of thing. If I'm really iffy,
0: Um, that's a really good idea because Instagram's sort of in real time. Yes. You can just search that hashtag or search that restaurant location and see anybody that's visited there within, I guess. an hour ago really yeah instagram
2: was great especially when we were in switzerland this past time because there were so many things going on and the city we were in in lugano has its own instagram page and you know i followed that for weeks before we went um to look at places to go and restaurants and things like that so yeah
0: yeah i I have a method of i guess trip advisors my go-to and I start by looking at the pictures. And then if I like the
1: pictures, then I start reading the reviews.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the picture's helpful for sure.
1: Pictures yeah. of the food or pictures of the atmosphere?
0: Uh food first. There the atmosphere is mixed in there too. But <laughs> so the, the good thing about TripAdvisor is you can narrow it down so specifically by neighborhood, by you know, price, by type of food, ranging from local cuisine to, yeah. you know, wherever you are, you know there's, there's so many options to just narrow it down to just a few restaurants and then decide between what you actually want to, where you want to eat.
2: Yeah. I love it.
0: Yep. So, so now in addition to Italy, you've spent time in India. Yeah. How do, does your planning, has it carried over well into India and Mm -hmm. and restaurant reviews and things like that?
2: So as far as our trip to, I kind of So I kind of let go of the reins a little bit for our India trip because my husband's from India and he had his uncle help us plan a lot of it Um, because India is so big and it it was really hard to narrow down the cities we were going to go to and what we were going to see so we kind of just gave a little bit of control up which was hard for me Um, giving up a little bit of control in the planning aspect um, of that uh, at least just for India. But I would say like, as far as booking the flights, um, planning out like how much time we were going to spend in each city, where we were going to stay, what we were going to eat. That was I, like, I still definitely gave a, I, I cared about that. And we went to, we went to Dubai for a few days before we went to India. Cause we would have had a layover there anyway, because we were flying with Emirates. And we just decided to spend a few nights in Dubai. And that that I planned pretty much everything. But Dubai, to me, is just like a New York, but like 50 years in the future. <laughs> or maybe 100 years in the future, maybe more. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I agree.
2: So it was super easy to to navigate Dubai and figure out what we were doing there. Yeah. Well, I imagine
1: that India might be a little more difficult. And I've actually never even done any research for... Restaurants or hotels, so I actually don't even know if there's re- as much of a bank of reviews for restaurants on Tripadvisor.
2: There, I mean, like when we were in northern India, the city that we were in um was Udaipur, which is like the smaller version of Jaipur. Like Jaipur is the, I think they're, it's the pink city or blue. Like I, I'm really bad at this. um but I, know. I know
0: they they have beautiful architecture there. I do know they, that.
2: Yeah. So I mean in Udaipur they I was looking at restaurant reviews and there are there were quite a few. Um thankfully the hotel that we stayed at had an amazing restaurant. Like it was it was just phenomenal. So and it was on the roof like we ate outside every night. Um it was beautiful. And then for other meals we just asked, you know, our tour guide or a local from the the hotel where we could go to get a quick bite for lunch, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah.
1: So you were able to do a lot more like on the ground research.
2: Yep. Yeah. I didn't really know what to expect. And um, the period before we went to India, I was super busy with work. So I kind of was like not planning as much as I normally do for a trip. And I was like, you know, what? we'll just figure it out when we get there. So I guess that's kind of like the 5% not planner in me that kind of just was like, we're going to be there for almost three weeks. I'm sure I'll be able to plan some stuff while I'm there. I'll be able to plan stuff in du- while we're in Dubai because um, we gave ourselves like one day to just rest and uh, acclimate to the time difference. So we just um, did a lot of research that day too by the pool, which was nice.
1: I always like having one of those days as soon as you get to a place, mm-hmm. drink some coffee, have some breakfast, take an easy morning, research what you want to do for the rest of the week. Yes. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah,
0: I'm feet to the ground, and I'm running. Yeah, I'm just seeing everything.
2: <laughs>
1: Bob is running as soon as they land. Oh yes.
2: gosh, mm. I did that two years ago when I went to Barcelona with my husband for the first time. I had been to Barcelona before, but there was so much that I wanted to do outside of the city. And every day we had something planned. We had we hiked um, up Montserrat, and that was like we had to get a train at like six o'clock in the morning. Uh, The second day that we were there. So we were like, uh, we were nonstop that day. And the second day we did, um, we went to the wine country, wine area where they produce Cava. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
2: So we did like a seven hour bike tour through those vineyards. And that was super cool. Um, and we were dead. Like after those two days, I mean, after hiking and biking for like, uh, we were dead, but I mean, I, after that I kind of learned to just pace myself a little bit. Um, yeah. Well,
0: so so when you you actually plan these out, are you just are you typing everything up into a Word document and are you organizing them, you know, by day 1 we're doing this, day 2 we're doing this, writing down the restaurants in those day time slots how how does it actually unfold?
2: Um so I write everything down. I don't like do Excel or Word or anything like that. Um I I just I don't know why I have a notebook and I just keep it um um, with all of, like, my travel notes. Um, and, yeah, I'll do, like, okay, so September 16th, we're going to land, we're going to go do this, we're going to check in, and then at night we're going to do a night tour of whatever. We're going to go to this restaurant the first night. Um, so I definitely do plan it out like that. For restaurants, it's not, it doesn't have to be, like, a specific day. I'll just have, like, a bank of restaurants and put them in the order that I really want to see them or go to. And end of our trip this time I really wanted sushi so we just found a great sushi place my sister and I and we had sushi in Switzerland and I mean I could have had another bowl of pasta but you know we just needed a break a little bit Mm -hmm. of a break and it was delicious it really was so and that was unexpected so sometimes you have to like be a little bit flexible I guess
1: Bob you usually usually have one day built in for flexibility right
2: yeah sometimes I put one day.
0: well, I'll plan it out. I plan it out to say free day <laughs> or like this this time period like it's planned to say like you know now we have a leisurely day to do whatever we want.
1: wake up at six fifteen and do nothing <laughs> and do nothing <laughs> until ten fifteen and it's then continue to do nothing. <laughs>
0: the only time I would even typically do that is if I've already been to that city and feel as though we already hit all of. You know the major attractions and, and ate at all the great restaurants and then it's like okay now we're here again now it's just a leisurely day we can stroll around and, and enjoy enjoy it a little bit differently. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow, I need to see one of your itineraries. And probably it's probably really intense.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have a few. I could like, shoot some over to you. I'll send you some. I could send you the Peru one. It's still a work
1: in progress. Yeah. But... The Peru one. I I actually get to see him update it live sometimes because he's oh, working nice. on it all the time.
0: Where are <laughs> you going? Do you are you creeping on me as I'm working on it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Bob's Bob's actively planning this out. Oh we
0: God. share we share the itinerary on Google Docs so okay. we both can get into it and see it at, at the same time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And we are not going until April. Okay. <laughs> we already we already have our flights booked. We're probably gonna have our hotels booked. According to Bob, by the end of this week.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't
0: realize that. So we're going the week before Easter, and that's a big week for Christians in Peru, mm-hmm. and they celebrate the you know the walk with the cross and everything, and and they reenact it in some areas. Yeah. So apparently, hotels book up pretty quickly, and I just, wanna, I just don't want to. I just don't want to have to run into any issues with that. If yeah. we book it now, we'll, we'll be ahead of the game, and we'll yeah. probably get a cheaper right. price. Actually, it, it'll be a little cheaper,
1: I'd assume. Yeah. So, as much crap as I give you, I agree. <laughs> yes.
0: See, I, I, once you once you come on one of my trips, you'll never want to do it another way. See, Elliot is a – at one point I was talking with Elliot, and we were going to get done Machu Picchu, and I didn't know where we were going to stay. And he's like, let's just not book anything. And I was like, well, wait, what do you mean? Like not – have nowhere to sleep that night? He's like, no, we'll find somewhere to sleep. And, you know, we'll just figure it out there. And uh, I can't do it.
1: That doesn't, that doesn't like compute with Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do
2: it, Mariana? I don't know if I could do that. I, I don't know.
1: I am very curious and I've been wanting to talk to you about your, I wouldn't so you, you mentioned that you're not quite location independent, but you're working towards that and you have some flexibility with your work and you can work as you travel. Yeah. How did you get into that and how do you maintain
2: it? Um, so I'm a realtor. And I basically, I mean, a lot of what I do, a lot of the stuff that requires me to be home is just showing houses and meeting with clients to introduce myself and doing open houses and things like that. But when I'm away, if I can find somebody that's in New Jersey on the ground, that's a licensed agent, they can really work my, work with my clients while I'm gone. But literally everything else I can do, all I need is the internet negotiating, um, writing up contracts, scheduling inspections, you know all that all that stuff um, and my mom is my business partner so when I went to India I had three closings while I was in India and she handled all of it for me and she you know I were business partners so she got a cut of the commissions that were paid out and it was great it was great experience for her it was great experience for me being able to delegate. Um, those responsibilities because I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to my business. Um, but that's just, it's not becoming a realtor. Wasn't so that I could travel. It, this is just like a nice added perk that I discovered maybe like a, a year ago that I was just like, I could totally do this like remote, like not all the time, but it often enough where I'm seeing a decent portion of the world and feeling like I'm I'm scratching that itch every, you know, Every quarter, at least going somewhere every quarter.
1: Okay, my my question then is: Were you able before you went into business with your mom? Is it just you and your mom running the company?
2: Yeah, so we're we're a team. Um, it's the two of us, and we work for like Keller Williams is our um, our company. Like Keller, there's Century Twenty One, there's Remax. Yeah. we're with Keller Williams. So. Okay. um And other teams run things differently, like sometimes teams allow only like two weeks of vacation. My mom and I, we are on an understanding where if you want to go somewhere, you go somewhere and we'll just figure it out.
1: So That's really nice. Did you have to, was that just a negotiation between you and your mom or did you have to negotiate that with Keller Williams? Do you even have to tell them?
2: You don't have to tell. No, it's like not even like you, you know, when you like, I guess request PTO, like you don't, I don't do any of that. I just go. I tell my clients, hey, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. I'm still going to have access to my phone, Internet, email. um, But I have somebody here for you on the ground if you need to see anything, um, if you need to see any houses. But I really like it's almost as if I'm not overseas because a lot of what I do is just over the phone and email now. It's, it's, very, um, it's very easy.
1: Before, before you went into business with your mom, did you have another job? Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, so I had a couple jobs and they were all, one was a corporate job um, and then another was working at a nonprofit. And then when I decided to get my license, I went to a small business where I was only working 30 hours a week so I could build my real estate business. And not have that, you know, that long commute and a 40, 50 hour week. So um, I was able to build my business that way uh, and still earn an income. Um, And then I eventually built my pipeline enough where I was able to stop the other job and just do real estate.
1: Wow. It sounds like you had a really nice plan in place
2: that's the planner in me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it worked out nicely. I I might, I will say that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't, I mean, there were were definitely a couple like little obstacles that we had to overcome. And I stayed in the one job a little bit longer than I wanted to because um, we were paying, saving up for our wedding, saving up for a house. I couldn't get a mortgage without that income. So if we had already had the house and already had the wedding paid off, I probably would have, gone full time real estate sooner. Um, But I had to do what I had to do. And it everything happens for a reason. And it it really it worked out. It really did. I have no regrets.
1: That's pretty fantastic. Do you ever have to worry about having an internet connection? Have you traveled anywhere where you've had to provide your own internet? That was my
0: question as well.
2: (laughs) Not yet, actually. Um, uh, Let me think. Well, I probably should have had better internet when we went to Italy this time. Um, we were in Tuscany and we were on um, like a, agri- they call them agriturismos, like it's a agricultural tourism. We literally stayed in a converted farmhouse. So um, the, there was a really bad storm like three weeks prior to us going there and it had knocked out their wifi totally. So there was no, like, we were pretty much off the grid for, like, three days when we were there. Um, So I kind of just gave my clients a heads up. Hey, I don't have really good reception here. If there's anything, like, urgent you need, contact this person. They know everything about your file. But, you know, I'll be able to, like, we went into town a couple times, like, to the main town. And I was able to pick up Wi-Fi in random spots and check my email. But, um, Thankfully, nothing was super urgent or pressing during those three days, thankfully. Um, But other than that, like even like in India, like in remote areas, the Wi-Fi was strong, like everywhere.
1: That's interesting. That's very interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: Elliot, how bad do you want to know more about the uh, agro-tourism where she stayed?
1: I'm huge into (laughs) agro-tourism. I I love agro-tourism. I think it's one of the coolest things to have happened to travel in the last two decades.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing trend. It, it, it truly is, and we—that's—we really wanted to stay in an agriturismo in in, um, in Tuscany, and uh, we looked at a few. And this one was part of a family of—they uh, had—they had three different um, buildings, and this one was the the nicest one, um, and the others were mostly mainly used for if you're going to rent out the entire like villa. Which was really cool. Like <laughs> we're not at that level yet, but maybe one day. Um, but it was great. Like they served us wine that they made. I mean, everything was local. The cheese was local. The meats were local. The vegetables, like everything, was just. It was just a great experience. And we, you had to take a tiny, tiny, tiny little gravelly dirt road to get there. It was just it, so off the beaten track. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. I So my trip to Italy in March, it was my second time in Italy. First time was in Venice mm-hmm. in January for like three days. And then this past trip was with my mother and my sister. And we spent six days in Rome only. Okay. And it, it was nice to have that time in Rome because I think if we had tried to go elsewhere, it would, it would have been a little tight and it would have felt rushed. But looking back on the trip, when I go back, I absolutely want to go to the Tuscan countryside, Umbria, whatever. I just want to go. I want to do uh, agritourism. And when you were on the farm, did you only get the experience of the local cuisine and dining with the locals, having the wine, or did you actually have to contribute on the farm
2: we didn't have to contribute on the farm that would have been really cool and that's something that i think my husband and i want to look into um for future trips is like a service oriented um service oriented tourism i know like a little bit of a market for that um but we did not we didn't participate unfortunately we kind of just enjoyed the fruits of their labor
1: (laughs) well we actually had um someone on a little while ago, his name is Wade Moore. He does eco agritourism in Costa oh. Rica.
0: Oh,
2: cool!
1: And if you if you are interested, he would be more than happy to have you. He he does not like the term volunteers anymore. Uh, okay. Bob, do you remember what he calls them now?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. So, but if you give me a second, I could find
1: that. <laughs> so the whole idea of the it's called Finca Passiflora, and he invites people or people ask him to come stay on his farm and you help out for and work for five hours a day and you pay $15 for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and lodging. And I think you actually have to get your own transportation to the farm, which is about four hours south of San Jose. Okay. And it is very, very rural. It's like Buenos Aires area of Costa Rica. And that sounds... For those geographers that are listening, yes, it is Buenos Aires. I said that correctly. <laughs> there is another one in Costa Rica, but it's not, it's not nearly as big. He calls them fa- uh, farm trainees. Farm, farm trainees.
2: trainees. Farm Aww. trainees.
1: Farm Yeah, instead That's of volunteers. That's so cool. Yeah.
2: And he is Wade.
1: Wade Moore. Moore. Yeah. That's- and he actually does have a Facebook and a website, um, Finca Passiflora. Finca is farm... In Spanish, and then passiflora is the passion flower.
2: Very cool. That's so nice.
0: Yeah. All right. So we got a little off topic. I'm gonna jump back to some of the planning. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Planning a little bit. No, it's all right. This is good. Um. So we talked about food. We talked about airfare. Uh, Let's talk about hotel accommodations. So in Italy, are you staying with family?
2: Mm, Yes and no. So pretty up until I would say. What is it, 2018? Up until last year, we would spend the majority of our time with family um, because my, my dad's parents are still alive. Um, his mom passed away in 2016. So we are, had already had a trip planned in 2016, but it was for after she had died, and we still were going to go. And we wound up staying at her house for a few nights, and it was without her, obviously. And it was just very emotional. So my dad had decided now anytime we go to Italy, we're going to just stay in a hotel close by. But before, we would stay with my Nona and nono for the whole two weeks in their house in that medieval village that we I've been going to since I'm a baby. So, and, and that was probably what made me love going to Italy so much more because it just felt like home. It feels like home when I'm there. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to some foreign country. Like, I feel like I'm going home. Have so, you
0: looked into airbnbs or couch surfing or anything like that yet i guess you wouldn't do that for your type of experience well, i guess she Italy. is doing
1: that <laughs> <laughs> um
2: i think if i were single and didn't really like have like and i was more i guess outgoing not outgoing but like more like, i don't adventurous know or- a little more the- adventurous i would couch surfing would probably be because i've heard of it a lot of people i know when i studied abroad they did it um i Actually, surprisingly, I've never stayed in an Airbnb. I don't know why. It just winds up wherever I want to go. The Airbnb costs just about the same as a hotel. And I see the value more in the hotel. Not that I don't want to support somebody who has an Airbnb, but the hotel, I feel like that money is going to go right back to the economy there and the people that work there. The, the maids, the people in the restaurants, the front desk people, um, that sort of thing. If I find a great Airbnb deal, I'll go for it. But I haven't come across something that really like spoke to me yet.
0: No, yeah, I'm, I'm big on Airbnbs uh, just because I, so my whole, my whole thing with those is that you get like an apartment in center city of whatever place you're visiting and you sort of integrate into the local culture a little mm-hmm. easier than hotels but uh i accumulate hotel points so i also do stay in hotels as well do you do you accumulate points for travel points at all for flights or hotels in and
2: yeah um we do and i actually used them for the first time for this trip um and my ticket was basically free <laughs> to mm-hmm. go so it was nice it was nice
1: that is really nice i have not yet i have not gotten into the rewards game and we had someone on Earlier this year, and he talked all about airline rewards, and he does it as a hobby, but it seems very complicated. But I do want to get into it because my wife and I have started traveling a lot more,
2: mm-hmm. and you're buying stuff anyway. I mean, if you're, you're exactly, paying, even if you're paying like you could pay your bills on a credit card and get points, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And I, I know my husband and I really need to start getting more serious about that too. Uh, especially if we're gonna have kids one day and need to buy an- another <laughs> ticket.
1: Yeah, the cost of kids will cover the airline reward points.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: you rack them up quick. That's something that I started looking into in in more detail now. I think I think in an, maybe next month I'm gonna get a, a second card to accrue points.
2: Yeah, probably a great idea.
0: Yeah, it it, it seems. Pr- I guess it's complicated in a way, but there's there's a lot too many advantages advantages to it to not even look into it further. And there's so many courses online and and groups that that it makes it. it Yeah,
2: I think I follow. I think it's he's called the Points Guy. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I follow him on uh, social media, and he's definitely got a good a couple good things, a couple good tricks up his sleeve. So I need to pay more attention to that for sure.
0: All right, so so we'll move on to now the the language barrier. Do you speak Italian?
2: See.
0: Si. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I, so I, I, we may have to talk a little bit. I I'm trying to learn Italian. I have Rosetta Stone. I have uh, children's comic books to sort to- of <laughs> yeah, to like learn how. In the, I have a I have children's elementary school Italian books as well okay. that I ordered off of Amazon. I just haven't taken the time to do it yet. I, I had the audiobook still on Audible,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I wanted to learn Italian so bad.
2: It's re- Do you speak any other language? No. Okay. Because no. I was going to say <laughs> Spanish, it would be really easy. Even French, because the structure of, and the conjugation of the verbs is very similar. Um, but yeah, I grew up pretty much speaking Italian. My parents got us lessons so we could talk to our family from a very young age. Um, And then when I lived there, I was fluent, like, like I dreamt in Italian, I like it was crazy. And then I came home and I lost a lot of it, unfortunately. But when I go back, I can understand everything. And like, I'm like 80% fluent when I talk. And it but it takes me a little bit longer to register certain words and things like that. But um, I'm surprised at how much I still know. I listened to um, a lot of Italian radio, a lot of Italian songs, uh, the Italian TV my dad still has. So we'll watch the game shows on there every now and then and soccer and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I took a lot of Spanish in elementary school and middle school and high school and college. <laughs> I probably could have just said all throughout school and you that still, was more do you dramatic
0: <laughs> I, I
1: know it fairly well I'm excited to go to Peru to kind of test it again um, I had spent a little bit of time in Barcelona and and in Costa Rica and people could tell that I didn't I spoke English but hmm. they could also understand so I was able to have conversations with people but I would say I'm like 60 to 62%
2: flip. Okay. 62%. That's very precise. It is. is.
1: I still have a lot to go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. And Bobby, if you ever need help, I Italian, I I love speaking Italian. I love helping people learn it. Um, It's a really beautiful language. And I think knowing Italian when I'm there, it, it helps. If you know a little bit of the language of wherever you are, it helps a little bit. Um, because I feel like if you're at a restaurant, if you're on a tour, they appreciate, the locals appreciate that you're trying. Um, and even when we checked into the hotel in Switzerland, we were pretty much still in like the Italian part of Switzerland, but, um, at check-in I was speaking a little bit of Italian, a little bit of English and the guy, the, at reception, he picked up part of my inflection slash dialect that I was speaking, and I didn't realize I was speaking the dialect of where my dad is from. Not true Italian, but the Abruzzese dialect. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was fluent in that, too, (laughs) because that's a whole different, like, whole different vocabulary. Everything is different with my dad's dialect. So, you know, you surprise yourself when you're just in conversation. You don't realize how much you know.
1: Yeah, and as a kid, I think you pick up a lot of the nuances of the different regions of of a language. Yeah. We had someone on, oh, I'm making a lot of references to a lot of our other shows, but we've had a lot of cool people on, <laughs> and uh, she's actually my cousin-in-law, but she grew up in Turkey. Her oh. parents were expatriates, and she spent the first 17 years of her life there. Wow. And so she just acclimated and became accustomed to the language without even really having to try, just because as a kid, you soak up that knowledge, you soak up how people say things. and mm-hmm. I think the easiest way for people to learn a language is as a young person so I know when my wife and I have kids we're very excited to teach them and maybe even talk with them in various languages as much as we can we'll probably teach them wrong but still at least they'll know something wrong.
2: I know when, when my husband and I have kids, I definitely want to speak Italian with them. And my husband speaks Hindi and his state language, which is Malayalam. So, um, I'm learning Hindi right now and it's really hard, <laughs> but hopefully by the time we have kids in two years, I'll be <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I really want to swing back around to yeah. you. You briefly mentioned that you're, uh, your father's from the abruzzi region mm-hmm. so my great-grandparents are originally from that region as well and they immigrated to the united states in like the 30s uh-huh. and my great-grandfather michelucci actually passed away last year oh wow and i think he was like 92 or 93 but i so i guess technically i'm a quarter abruzzi
2: yeah that's awesome it's yeah. I would have to say Abruzzo is my favorite region of Italy.
1: Okay.
2: It has a little bit of everything. It's got medieval history. It's got the mountains. It's got the rolling hills. It's got rivers. It's got lakes. And it has a beautiful... You're right. You're on the Adriatic coast. So it's a very calm, calm sea, beautiful beaches. The beaches have pine trees on them for shade. It's just just a beautiful, beautiful region. And I'm a little bit biased, but... (laughs) Um rightfully so. Rome is my favorite city, but Abruzzo is my favorite regi- region.
1: And can you can you clarify cuz I hear it I hear it as Abruzzi and Abruzzo all the time. Are they one and the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I think I think that for, for Americans say Abruzzi, but it I, I in Abruzzo it's on the signs, it's like on the traffic signs it's Abruzzo. Okay. Everything is Abruzzo, Abruzzo,
1: Abruzzo. I wonder where Abruzzi came from. I don't know us Americans and our weird Think,
2: talking.
0: Americans. All right, Marion. So we talk about the good parts of travel. Do you have any information for, I guess, information for people, maybe things to avoid or things that you've run into, especially, specifically in Italy, where you've been to so many times, mistakes that people may make that you can now help them with?
2: Yes. Okay. Um, one or two things. So... For Italy specifically, um, and I don't think I'm going to offend anybody by saying this, but there's a lot of people there that aren't Italian. And the climate there, it can be in certain cities, especially Rome, the city that I love so much, you have a very big mix of people. Um, And there are a lot of gypsies in Rome. And most of them are fine. They're going to leave you alone. They're not going to bother you. But when I lived there, we were warned a lot because they have tricks or games that they play with tourists who are very unassuming and very naive. Maybe it's their first time there and they're just in all of the Coliseum. And then one minute they're fine and the next they're is snatched. Um, we were told that, you know, they, it sounds terrible, but there are stories where a gypsy will throw their baby At you and be your first reaction is to catch the baby, right? Like make sure that it's safe. I know this sounds crazy, but this is what we were told. And they'll have another person in their family or friend, they'll run up to you as you're trying to catch the baby, as your arms are free, and they'll try to whatever you're wearing take off of you and run away with it. And then they'll snatch the kid and go away. It's my, um, I've had a few stories like that have been told to me um, by reputable people not like by people who are like drinking and just you know BSing but like yeah. legitimate people so i've never i've never been pickpocketed um, or anything like that my dad's been pickpocketed on the subway so keep all of your belongings in the front like don't put keep your phone in the, your back pocket make sure if you're having if you have a purse that it has zippers and you're holding on to it uh just be aware of your surroundings, really. I mean, anything can happen. That could happen in Philadelphia. Uh, you know what I mean? It just—you just have to be very, very alert, especially in a different country. Um, and the one other thing that I never thought would happen, and this is kind of like—it—it it probably wouldn't happen. It, the chances of it happening to somebody else are very rare. Um, but it happened to me and my group of friends when I was studying abroad, and where we lived, we lived in Trastevere. Which is a neighborhood in Rome. Um, it's a very residential neighborhood, mm-hmm. and um, there were like a few ATMs to get money that you get money from in the area, and we all used this one ATM. It was always guarded by it was always guarded by some guy on a motorcycle drinking an espresso and smoking a cigarette every day. So, <laughs> um, and it was we thought it would be safe because it was inside like a little glass box or whatever, and you had to swipe your card to get in. So that was the ATM we used all the time. And uh, the day that we had left for our spring break, we had like 10 days for spring break. And the day we had left, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get some cash. Like we all wanted to get some, some euro before we left. Um, all of the ATMs in our area were taken out of the uh, walls. Like they were either taken out of the walls or like there was costume tape around them. And we were like, what's, what's going on? Like we, we didn't think anything of it. But I guess like two days later, we were it was our last night in Paris. We'd gone to Paris, Berlin and Prague. So our last night in Paris and my friend's purse had gotten stolen and we got a phone call. <laughs> so we were not in a good mood at that point. Um, we were on our way back to the hostel and we got a phone call or an email or a text, whatever, wherever it was to check our bank accounts, because somebody who we had lived with, her bank account was drained like she had no money in her bank account. And she had used the ATM that we used. So we were all we all like logged on to like whatever TD bank we had, whatever we had. This was seven years ago. So I had a Blackberry. So I think I had to wait until I got back to my hostel to get onto my laptop. So <laughs> I looked and I had no money. My and the three the other two girls that I was with had no money. Like who so we, we had pieced things together and someone had put like a, a fishing or a skimming device in the ATM that we used. So wow. a lot of money stupidly in my checking account, like, cause I was going away. Like I was like, Oh, I'm probably going to use this much for in 10 days. I'm just going to keep it there. He took all of it. He, the whoever did it took all, like all, we had no, we had no money. Wow. There was only one of us who refused to use that ATM and she had money. She had to pay for us to get from, Paris to Berlin. And it was, it was, it was bad. So I would say to anybody, um, traveling to just try to make sure that you bring enough cash with you. So you don't have to use an ATM. Um, just from that experience. I mean, I have used ATM since then, but I haven't kept as much cash in that account. So I, if I need to, I can just transfer, transfer money. But I had, I was so unassuming, definitely didn't think that would ever happen, but, I had no money for the rest of my spring break and we still had Berlin and Prague to go to. My mom had to wire funds to like a Western union in Berlin and I had to pick up some money there. But that was, that was when it comes to money, be you have to just be really careful because especially if you're on a tight budget, you really need to watch, you know, where you are with it.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hard. It was insane. It was, uh, that was probably like one of the worst nights of my life. <laughs>
0: Well, I know I'm constantly debating whether or not you want to take out, you know, a ton of cash and have that with you and then potentially be robbed, you know, with some. I, I think that water would knock you out if you tried standing underneath it. <laughs> it was, it's, yeah, it's cash. And then what you're going to, you know, then transfer over to to the exchange of yeah, that, that currency. It's...
2: That's always, a that's definitely a challenge. Um, I think that when we went to India, we took out a lot of cash. Um, and we just, we trusted the safe in our room, probably, you know, not the best thing to do, but we, we did it and we just kept, every time we'd come back to the room, we would check and it would be there. Um, just cause India is very interesting with their money. So yeah. we just wanted to have enough.
1: <laughs> when we were in Rome, I found that we were using... I wouldn't say we weren't really using cash that much. We were using a lot of credit now. Oh, okay. And I think I think that's very popular because I know when I studied abroad back in 2013 that cash still was predominant, but yes. now I think there is a there's been a strong transition into credit because a lot of a lot of the main areas in Rome at least are they know that there's it's yeah. touristy, they know that cash can be easily stolen.
2: I noticed that too. Um, from 2011 to now, it's definitely been more like plastic friendly.
1: Yes, yeah, which is kind of nice. Yeah, because then you don't you barely even have to worry about the currency exchange.
2: No, and I mean, I really i keep i keep cash on hand. And I know you don't normally tip in European countries, but I like to, especially if there's no cover charge. Um, I like to leave, you know, two euro per person, or if it's a really good really good experience maybe 10 percent. i don't want to like offend anybody but at the same time if it's if they do a really great job they're not going to be mad about making a little extra money no no
0: i tend to tip it's just ingrained in who i am now at this point so when i go to a restaurant it feels so weird to not give a tip Mm -hmm. and even though they charge you for water over there, which I can't stand. What else? Is- and condiments. If you want, like, a side of ketchup, they charge you. And which bathrooms. Which is ridiculous. And the yeah. bathrooms. There's no such thing as just free public bathrooms.
2: Nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> Except <laughs> I for still- Starbucks now.
2: Oh, disgusting.
0: <laughs> Star- yeah, well, I guess every Starbucks in the world, they let you go in. Yeah. That's good to know if you're in a city, man, because they're yeah. all over the place.
2: Yeah.
0: Alright, well, Ariana, to-, to wrap this awesome conversation up, if If you had one gem of knowledge to give an aspiring traveler, what would you tell them?
2: Just do it. Just book that flight. Just do it. There's no time like the present. And there's no present like the time. So you have to just do it. Even if you're flying to Florida for the first time, just get that experience. Know what it's like to be on an airplane. Know what it's like to be in a place where people don't sound like you. And um, you know they eat different things, and you know, it, it go to a different time zone. See how that feels. Just, just do it. That's all. I, I when people get anxious about traveling, it's hard for me to kind of emph- em- empathize, but I try. I try to like level with them, and just I kind of just force them to book a flight, <laughs> and then we plan. I help them plan it from there. You yeah. Have to do it.
0: I don't think people realize how how great it can be on your, your mental state on your psyche to just get out there and see the world a little bit and how it changes you as a person Mm
2: -hmm. and how
1: humbling it can be to get outside your comfort zone to see that people are different.
2: Yes. And I would rather do that than have a million purses or pairs of shoes or a brand new car or that's to, to me those experiences are worth way more than, you know, material things.
0: Yeah. I agree. agree. (laughs) Yeah. I like so so to add on that before we sign off. I I heard I don't I don't know I forget where I heard this, but you know if you're sitting there and you have the issue of you know maybe you can't afford it or maybe you don't have the time, it's not a matter of I can't go. It's how can I go and it's adjusting your life accordingly and figuring out how you can get that money or how you can make that time.
2: Mm-hmm. And if you
0: approach if you approach it like that, how can I go? It might it it might end up you know you might be able to do it sooner than you thought. Yes. So
2: that's a great right. point.
0: Well, do you have do you have any travel pages or anything that you'd like to share? I'm not sure if you if you are doing that or not.
2: Um, I mean, I I do post my travels on my Instagram. Um, at, do you want me to share my handle
0: or? That's up to you. Yeah, you're yeah. more than welcome to. Yeah,
2: it's at Mariana underscore N J Realtor. And um, in my highlights, you can see the different cities that I've been to, um, throughout Italy, throughout India and Dubai and um I do plan on I've, I have a blog in the works um I have some content already created I'm working on a logo before I launch it so um maybe I can circle back with you guys and just let you know when that's live because I'm really nervous about it no that'd be awesome <laughs> like she's gonna want to listen to me but <laughs> <laughs> hey that's what
1: Bob and I think every day every day <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I guess I just have to take my own advice and just do it
0: yeah, exactly there you go Ugh.
2: yeah the hardest thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you thank you very much for being on the show and uh giving our, our listeners some insight on traveling and and what they can expect in italy
2: yeah thank you so much for having me i really i'm really grateful for the opportunity i think what you guys are doing is awesome thank you
0: that's good to hear yeah thank you
2: all right we'll talk to you later
0: so that's our show for today that was an awesome conversation. I think one of the coolest things about this podcast so far is getting to have conversations with people that I've already known for quite some time. And now I'm getting to know them, you know, in a new way and and hear about their experiences that i that I wasn't aware of. So, you know, I, and I was actually discussing going to Italy in the near future with my family, and, I will definitely be in contact with Mariana. I think if she were ever to get tired of being a realtor in New Jersey, she could definitely pick up a new career over in Italy as an English-speaking tour guide. She definitely has the knowledge and experience to do it.
1: Oh, definitely. And we can do some of that. Well, I, I want to go back and do some of that agritourism. That's what you should do, too. Uh, but I I learned a little bit of about the Abruzzo or Abruzzi region, that it's all Abruzzo. It's spelled Abruzzo. So, I got me some learned knowledge there.
0: It was. It was a very informative podcast.
1: Don't forget to reach out. Um, We are on iTunes and pretty much wherever you listen. And if you would like, we still have no one on Patreon. And if you're curious, you should check it out. I won't even say what it is. (laughs) But once again, thank you for being our fantastic listeners. And we will talk to you next time.